Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power calls, welcome. Today, Donna Rich joins us to discuss her book, Universal Secrets, a Collection of Enlightening Poetry. Now, Donna has been writing poetry since she was 16 or 17 years old. She describes them as coming directly from a connection to source. And when something comes to her, it's a form of automatic writing. Well, the the poem is given to her, so she cannot even remember writing it. So Donna's going to be sharing some of these poems and the themes that resonate within them. Please put your hands together to welcome Donna Rich. Hello, Donna. Glad Hello. you can join us today. Thank <laughs> you. Glad I could join you too. Yes. Are you on the East Coast? I am. I'm in Fairfield, Connecticut. Oh, you're getting ready for that big snowstorm, ice storm. Another, another one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. My husband is in that storm. He oh. has he. He's working on a movie in Tennessee, and he he's in a hotel and they, that doesn't have a, a restaurant, and they have no way to get anywhere because everything is iced. Oh, yes. It's going to be that way this, t- this evening into tomorrow. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I know. Oh. I, I hope you're bundled up for the week. <laughs> I'm definitely bundled up. We're all prepared here in Connecticut. We know what happens. Yes, yes you, you do. That happens every year, I imagine. Yes. So can you tell us a bit about your background, specifically what you think um, helps you contribute to your gift of automatic writing? Well, I think that it's my connection with the universe. I think it's my connection to source. I think it's my very great faith in God. You know, and I've always been um, a religious person. I grew up in the Catholic Church. We had to attend Mass every day, um, you know, as part of our religious and, you know, part of our schooling. And um, I've always loved God. I've always loved the spirit, the spiritual. I've always loved the, um, you know, the, the spirit world. And I think that, you know, I think I'm very in tune because I'm very connected to source. And yet you told me that there were, um, there was a dark side to this uh, yes. around you as you grew up. Yes, there was. Um, I was attacked by a lot of negative spirits as a child. Um, I mean, ones that would literally attack me in my bed at night, ones that would hover over me as I slept. I could see these dark these dark clouds or these dark images, and they frightened me to death. I couldn't sleep. Um, they were just so frightening, and it lasted for quite a while until I got older, and then I think I got more spiritually strong, and I was able to fight them off through prayer and meditation and um now I don't have any problem with that at all, and even and I'm not even afraid. If one should come around, I mean, I would just rebuke it. I would just say, you know, go away, and um, and I'm not afraid. So that's I think what makes it them you know not come around anymore. I don't have any more problems with that. But it did did it have a major impact as you went on you as as you went into life, not as a child but as an adult? Yes, it, it did. It did. It um, it just made me very fearful. Um. 
I don't know if I should go into this, but I had a grandmother who practiced the magical arts, and she was a very, very evil woman. And I think, and I would never like to say it, but I think she put some kind of a spell on me as a child that I would never find love. And I've been challenged in that way ever since, um, even till now. I mean, but I'm trying not to own that as my own. I'm trying not to claim that. But I really think that my great-grandmother had done something to me as a child because she was a very jealous woman. I was a very sweet child. My mom loved me very much. Um, and I just, so that's, I went through life thinking that I was never going to find love, never find happiness. But I did get married. I do have three children and, and two granddaughters. So, um, you know, ha-ha for them, <laughs> for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, so you have, uh, you have also mentioned a very special kind of relationship um, called the twin flame. I, I have, I'm not really familiar with the term fl- twin flame in any way that I could explain it. Can mm-hmm. you um, explain it to our listeners? Yes, um, it's a very, it's a very special relationship, but it's a very um, complicated one, and it's a very painful one. It, it brings, it's, it's got a lot of joy, but it's also very painful. Um, I think that twin flames are supposed to come together, not necessarily to be together. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But I think they're supposed to come together to teach each other lessons, to look at, to look, to mirror each other, to look at what each other needs to work on. Um, when I first met my twin flame, I think that I was very insecure, and I had just gotten uh, just gotten divorced, and. Um, I was very, like, reliant on my husband. I just wanted some man to take care of me. But being with my twin flame, who kept coming in and out of my life and not making me depend on him, kind of showed me how to be independent and how to be strong on my own without without relying on a man. Because I had been married for 20-something years, 21 years, and I always relied on my husband to provide for me. And now I was in the world on my own, having to provide financially for myself, and um, he wouldn't let me depend on him. So I learned to depend on myself. And there were a lot of other, a lot of other things um, that, you know, every time we were together, we triggered each other with something, and we would get mad at each other, and he'd huff off, and then I wouldn't see him for two or three weeks. So it's been like that for 11 years. But I still, I spoke to him yesterday, and it's just a very... Oh my God! It's a very um, emotional roller coaster. It's an emotional, mm. roller coaster. but I love him dearly, unconditionally. No matter what he does, and even me, we have had several arguments. We didn't speak for five months. Then he comes back, and everything is as good as it always was. But I think I've taught him how to love and open his heart because he was very closed off from other relationships, and I think he's taught me how to love myself and how to be independent. So. If we never, if we're never together, I've learned such a great lesson from him, and I will be, you know, eternally grateful for that lesson. Yes. And you wrote one of your mm-hmm, one of your poems is called "Romance Angels." Yes. Does it talk about this kind of relationship? Yes, it does. Actually, I wrote it for us. I wrote it kind of for the day that we met. Um, if you'd like me to read it to you, I can. Oh, I would love that. Okay, it's called Romance Angels. And like I said, I wrote this from automatic writing, and I didn't remember what I wrote until, you know, I I can only remember it from reading it, so. Okay. 
There are angels in the heavens sent especially to you. You just have to call for them and believe that they are true. Romance is their specialty. They know just what to do. And if you ask with faith, your soulmate will come through. They will arrange a meeting. You'll think it was by chance. When you look upon them, it will be love at first glance. You two will know each other, or so it would seem. And though you never met before, you saw them in a dream. Their smile was familiar. You've heard their laugh before. This is only the beginning of what the angels have in store. They knew that you would hit it off. After all, that's what they do. They put together souls with hearts that are so true. And this I wrote for my for my twin because mm-hmm. I met him in a restaurant bar from a friend who introduced us. And the minute I saw him, I knew he was very familiar to me. I, there was something comfortable about him, something familiar about him. And um, he gave me a kiss on the way, and we left each other, and there was an electric shock that just went through my body. And I, I, knew, he was, I knew he was the one. I knew that he was the one for me for the rest of my life. So I wrote this poem, or the angels gave me this poem for us. That's lovely. That's lovely. Yeah. Do you... Uh, um, I know you say see him as, as a mirror to you. Is, is yeah. there some connection to divine masculine, divine feminine in all of that? Oh, yes, yes. Um, well, I consider myself a divine feminine, and, uh, you know, he's my divine masculine. And when I was, um, I don't know how old I was, I know I was still married at the time, and I was sitting in my bed just kind of dozing off or just kind of meditating or something, and I had a vision um, of him. I had a vision of us uh, in the spirit realm um, of a wedding, and he was standing. We were standing, we were facing each other. He had a beautiful white tuxedo on. I had a white wedding dress with a wreath of flowers on my head, and there was a man like officiating, like a priest, and we were saying vows. And I believe, which I didn't know then, but I believe we were married in the five D. I believe it was a spiritual marriage, a spiritual connection. Um, that probably had taken place before I came here, before I even came down here, but I just was allowed to see it. And then I would think a few months or a year later, I met this man, and it was like a, a like a blast of, you know, like a like the vision coming back to me. And I said, Oh my God, this this is that's him. This is him. And mm. um, yeah, so I believe he is definitely um, he's my divine masculine because I met him in the spirit world years ago and now I now I know him in the 3D and we also speak to each other through telepathy I mean I can talk to him sometimes he will talk to me when I'm just sitting around and he'll say hey you know and I'll you know I'll be like hey and we speak to each other and he'll tell me things in the 5D dimension that he could not say to me in the 3D he that he's not a very expressive emotionally expressive man but he will talk to me in the 5D and tell me all these wonderful things and really open up uh, that, that that he couldn't open up in the 3D. So it's 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 really amazing. And sometimes I'm in tears. Sometimes I cry when he's talking to me. And mm-hmm. and I know it's him. I know it's him because yeah. sometimes I'm having a bad day and he'll come to me and I will feel this wave of relief that just comes over me that I've heard from him and he's okay and. It's a it's a something you have to experience or know that you know, you know, deep mm-hmm. in your heart and mm-hmm. your soul. That's, so, but it's a beautiful, you know, concept to take in. Um, yeah. What kind of work do you do? I am a nanny. 
I take care of three little boys that are very active and very energetic, and they wear me out, but I love them. I've been a nanny for many years. Yep. So I have three days off this weekend, thank goodness, and I'm resting up for going back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I love it. I've been a nanny from since I was, like, 16. And wow. I don't know, different families, and I've mm-hmm. been with a few long-term. So that's my that's my life's profession. And I really believe that a lot of my mission has to do with children and loving them and being kind to them and helping them grow and kind of um, – I feel like sometimes every time that movie, Nanny McPhee, when she comes in, <laughs> and she helps the family, and then when she's done, she leaves. That's exactly what I do. I help these families raise their kids to the point where maybe they go to school. You know, I came in as infant, as when they were infants, and then I leave when they're school age. And, and it's as if I, had, I came in to help them, and then I leave and go to the next family. So that's really what my mission has kind of been. It's been to help people raise their kids, kind of make an impact um, you know, on their life, and I have, and I still speak to these families today, and the kids still love me. Um, and one one family calls me Dee Dee Poppins, which is a funny name. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love my job. So, Donna? Yes. What activities do you do when you're not working? Um... These days, I just kind of lie around. That's terrible to say because I just need to rest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I sit on my couch and binge watch shows. <laughs> no, I um I love to um I love to go uh, to the gym. I, I I like to walk, but it's so terrible weather here. It's so cold and icy and snowy. You really can't walk. But I do enjoy exercising. I do have a couple of exercise machines in my house and a few exercise tapes that I can do. Um, you know, I find the endorphins kind of make me feel better. Um, I read a lot. I, I write my poems. Um, I spend time with my grandchildren and my children. And, that's, and I love to go shopping. I love the mall. My daughter calls it my home away from home. I'll just go walk around the mall, get something to eat, sit there and people watch. I just love people. And a lot of times I'll get inspiration from these these places for a poem. One oh, of the poems, wonderful. Mm-hmm. One of the poems I actually wrote... Um, it was I was on the beach, and um, I wrote a poem while I was sitting at the beach. I don't think that this poem is in my book, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. it's one of the poems that I'm going to add after. But I did write a poem while I was sitting at the beach, just sitting there staring. And oh, is like it, it right? Is it right at hand? Yeah. Yep. Let me just find oh. it. It's right. It is right at hand. It's here in my my arsenal of poems. <laughs> oh, gosh, I want to make sure I find it for you because I don't know why. Well, I picked out a few poems that I wanted to read. Mm-hmm. But this one just came up now when I was talking about sitting at the beach. Mm-hmm. I hope I can find it. If not... Well, we're gonna, we can come back to it if you stumble yeah. across it. I, I'm, I'm a little curious about... Um, the, this process of downloading spiritual input that you call automatic writing, um, what what actually happens when that goes on? Ugh, it's a very strange feeling. It almost comes up 
it comes up from almost like your gut, like your stomach. I, it's, I mean, I one time I remember getting a poem, and, and they, they, whoever was speaking to me, my angels or my guides, started talking. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, I gotta go get a pen. You know, I, it's like, <laughs> wait, just hold on. You know, they're, or they're wake me up in the middle of the night. And sometimes I will keep a pad and, and pencil, you know, uh, uh, near my bed, because sometimes it's the middle of the night, and I will just hear. Um, it's like it's like I was talking to you almost. It's like a, it, it's not an audible voice, but it's a voice that I can hear. So it, yeah, it's that's so how you that's, you are listening to it and you start to write everything down by hand. Yes, I just and write then, it down, and then you have to type it to put it into another format. Yeah, I'll type it and um, I'll just you know type it and then keep it. I've got a whole bunch of just typed pieces of paper that I want to put into a second book or maybe even just add um, add to my, my book, Universal Secrets. Mm-hmm. Now, is it always the same spirit voice that speaks to you? Um, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, sometimes, no. Sometimes, um, you know, I don't recognize the, the voice or I'll, you know, and sometimes I'll even ask who it is, you know, and sometimes my they'll tell me what their name is um one my guardian angel's names it's it's funny one of them is named Rosie and the other one is Roger and it's it sometimes they'll tell me you know what their name is or who they who's speaking to me but most of the time it is the same voice most of the time mm-hmm. it is the same voice yeah well now occasionally just, yeah. do do any of these communications inspire you to any specific work in the future? Um, yes. I mean, not that I've gotten any kind of um, information about it from any guides or anything, but I really have um, a desire to work with uh, homeless people, to open up a homeless shelter one day in my town. I don't know how or when I'm going to do it, but... Um, I really would like to open up a shelter that's got like, you know, 10, 20 beds in it, a shower, a place where people can get um, get food and clothing because it's quite cold here in the winter. And actually there's a couple of young men that stand, the same people that stand on the throughway exit that I, um, I help every time I see them. And um, one of them calls me something. He calls me like a uh, glamorous lady or something like that. I don't know. I'm always dressed up or – and um, so he, it's just I can't pass by a homeless person without giving them something, and mm-hmm. that's that's really something I would really like to do is is open up or do something to help the homeless and the hungry. I think those are those are the best dreams to have when there's something bigger than you are that you don't think you could do on your own because then it really does allow spirit to come through you to make it happen. Yeah, so that's that's lovely. How did how did you come? to put your poems into a book? Um, well, I had, I've had i had these poems like in a folder for the longest time. And I shared them on another uh, call, um, you know, called the NeoThink Society. I shared them with my friends on that, um, in that organization. And they all told me, why don't you write a book? Why don't you put them together? Why are they, why are they in an envelope? They're so good. Um, so, you know, it was a matter of getting the finances, of course, to put the, to do the book. But one day I was like, you know what, the heck with it, I can afford this. I did, a, you know, payments a little at a time, and um, I just decided to put them in, a, you know, a book. That's awesome. So was the Neo Think 
society helping you do that? I, I've heard of them. I mean, I think I've actually got read some of their materials. So um, what kind of help did they give you? Well, it's kind of a, it's like an organization to be a self-leader, to kind of build your own business, uh, any kind of a dream. They call it your Friday night essence. Whatever you, you know, whatever you're good at, whatever you, um, you know, you have a dream of doing, you know, put it, put it into motion and get paid for it. You know, like my book. I mean, I have a, a, book, a talent to write poems. Why don't you put it in a book and, and earn some income from it? Well, that's great support then. To yeah. I like positive thinking. It's it's a structure of some sort to help you get to do that. Um, what? How many of your poems are in the book now? Um, there are sixty. Let me see. Probably hard to talk with the phone in my hand, so I'll just put it down. There are sixty-nine poems. Oh and wow! I probably, and I probably have twenty-five more that are loose in a a binder. Um, that. I want to put in an, in, put in this book or put make another book. Mm-hmm. And do you find there are any consistent themes in the poems? Yeah, most of them are about guidance. Most of them are about still staying still and listening, being in the present moment. Um, you know about about your about energy, about going for your dreams. You know things. You know on that kind of a theme. I have one that. I have one that I love, and it's called Prayer, and there's one called Candles. Um, and here's one, of the, here's one of the poems. I think it's that this is the one I wrote at the beach. Yes, it's called Me, Me, Myself, and I. And I wrote it for my mom because my mother's always saying um, that she doesn't have anybody else except her. Just, it's just me, myself, and I. So I wrote this one for my mom. If you'd like me to read it, if we have time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we do. Okay. I like spending time with me because me, myself, and I agree. We never fuss. We never fight. The three of us are are very tight. We clean the house. We cook a meal. Being alone is no big deal. It gives us time to appreciate who we really are. We get in the car and drive. We never felt so alive. We really have no place to be. Me, myself, and I are free. No ties, no chains, no destination, just pure and simple anticipation of what life has in store. Worrying no more. Since we three have been alone, we have really truly grown. No more fear, no more doubt. We three will never be without. We sleep well all through the night, knowing that everything is all right. We wake refreshed and full of hope. Me, myself, and I can cope. So when you feel life's many ills, turn inside of you and listen to that still small voice, the one that says you have a choice to either lay down and die or simply get up and try and embrace your inner me, myself, and I. Oh, that's fabulous. That's a great poem. Yes, that really is. Um, You you mentioned um, having this um, relationship with your twin flame in the 5D, which I mean, I, I take to mean the fifth dimension. Yes, in, yes, in the spirit realm. Okay, and do you have any poems about um, that dimension or about you know paradigm shifts that may, may be happening? Uh, any changes that are coming? I do actually. Yes, let me just uh, let me just see. I do have one that is called the celestial the celestial account. Mm-hmm. And I have one. You can hear me turning the pages. Sorry. 
And I have ones that are that's called the Cosmic Keys. I've got a I've got a couple. If you want me to read them. Oh, I would love I would love that. It's such a consistent theme with many people who are writing um, through some kind of channel or, as you say, you know, this um, fifth dimensional contact. And and so I find it I find it very valuable to hear what's coming to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Here's one. Okay, here's one that's called. This one talks about the council, about the the I think it's the fourth quadrant council that I mm-hmm. have visited in the spirit. Um, it's called Cosmic Keys. I can read this one to you. Great. The council mm-hmm. council gave me Cosmic Keys and told me to do as I please. Unlock the doors that you do choose, any door you will not lose. The doors you open will reveal the gifts that you can use. Those gifts do not abuse. We give them knowing they're in good hands. With you, we do entrust the sacred knowledge of the realm. To share them is a must. Live your life like never before. No longer live it like it's a chore. And please do not ignore those poor, unfortunate souls. These are the homeless people. Mm -hmm. Pour on them the angelic dust you have and lift them from the mire. That dust will grant their heart's desire. You are a giver of the light, and don't forget to shine real bright and light the way in the dark of night for those who are clearly lost. Bring them to the realms above where we can shower them with love and then release them to do the same and repeat the cycle over and over again. Mm. Mm-hmm. I take that too as the poor unfortunate ones. Um, these are These are my homeless people. These are the people that I... I, I cry every time I pass them on the road, and I I just can't not stop and give them even if it's a dollar. You know, I just can't do that in a good conscience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, the Bible. Do you? Stay yes, with, oh, yeah. the Bible's the Bible yeah. is always telling us to be of service to others. So um, this this is what's come to you as the way to serve. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, do you also get messages about this? Yeah, we've been going through such a crazy year. Um, with with the the virus and with the riots and with the election, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have anything that speaks to sort of a catastrophic era in which we're, yep. we're living? As a matter of fact, I have a poem called The Catastrophic Era. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, it's. I think I might have uh, told you about this before, but this is, um, yeah, this is what I think is going on. But this was given to me a long time ago. Now is the time for all to hear the universe's message loud and clear. Civil unrest is drawing near. The catastrophic era is here. Put on your armor, gird up your loins, go forth and make some noise. Herald in the new order. It's coming fast. This evil reign, it will not last. Politics and religion all put to an end. The universe will not bend. The portals are open. A few will get through. Don't you want it to be me and you? Then you know what you have to do. Take a stand and see it through. Don't stay in the shadows. Start anew. Speak up. Let your voice be heard. Use the power of the spoken word. We all have so much to give if we want a new life to live. So I think it's just talking about, you know, don't don't stay in the shadows. If you have something to say, just, you know, speak up because... This is a very um, 
a very hard time, a very bad, you know, bad time we're going through. And I think it's heralding in a new order, a new consciousness. I think mm-hmm. that, yeah, I think that this world is, I think this is all going to lift us up to a, a different, a higher conscious level. Those of us, those people who are open to it, though, only if you're awakened right. and you, yeah, and you can. Yes, you have to be open and, and aware and willing to shift yes. uh, toward what I would call the light in order to actually be part of this new order that's happening. Right. That's a beautiful poem. It says it very well. Um, you also mentioned a book when I first talked to you that really influenced you, um, Your Soul's Plan by Robert Schwartz. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. Tell me a little bit about that book and what your takeaway was from that. Well, it was a book about, um, which I could find, but I don't need it. I can, um, oh yeah, here it is, so Your Soul's Plan. It was about discovering uh, the real meaning of, of the life that you planned before you were born. It was mm-hmm. like pre-birth planning. And um, I, read, I read the whole book and I listened to it on tape too. And it talks about that when you were in, the spirit realm before you came to be that you had a plan. You agreed with your spirit guides that you would come down here for a certain mission. You would meet these certain people and, you know, they would help, they would help you to do your mission. And I believe that I've met a lot of people that are from my soul tribe that are my soul mates and even, you know, my twin flame, but it's a, it talks about that and, um, you know, coming, just doing, planning this before you were born. And it really it really just made sense to me because somehow I can feel that. I, like I said, I remembered meeting my twin flame, and I might have had glimpses of other things, but, you know, from, my, from before I was born, up in the spirit realm. And it, I, I just, I loved the book, and it just confirmed to me what I had already thought that, that I had... Um, I had come here for a reason, and I had done this before, planned it before I even came down. I think all of mm-hmm. us did, but we don't remember. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. We lose because, that vision. Yeah, well, we come through so many dimensions coming here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we can't, we can't remember. But if we're lucky enough and if we're in, tuned enough, we can maybe remember some of it. I have had glimpses. What? You know, yeah. I am a... Uh, I have I'm trained for three years in psychosynthesis, which is a holistic psychology. And we did a lot of meditative work and vision work, visionary, you know, guided meditation kind of things. And I came away with a very strong sense of uh, the birthing experience and the, uh, the affirmation that was given to me as I came into this realm that I didn't have to be afraid that I I would be connected to source at any time that I chose to be. I could find it in the grounding of the earth. I could find it in the stars in the sky. I could find it in the fires in a fireplace. You know, yes. source was always available to me, and I didn't have to fear. And that was one of the most beautiful things that I took out of my training, you know, that that, that connection was there that I had in some way made a decision to come here and though it would be confusing at times and I wouldn't know where it all fit in my life that it did and there was right. a reason for it. So and it's you figure it out. You go too. You just yeah. figure it mm-hmm. out. Yeah. It comes together. Yes. It, it does. In its own time. In its own time it does happen. 
Well, here, um, actually, I have a poem that kind of says what I was sent here to do. Um, it's called Universal Me. Mm. Um, yeah. And it says, when I was... When I was sent here from above, they told me I was sent here to love, to show it, to feel it, to give it away, not to keep it to myself for one single day. As I traveled through time and space, my memory from above was erased, not a trace of who I was or who I was to be. I could not remember my universal me. I grew up, I went to school, I lived by these mortal, these mortal rules. I used all the tools the universe sent. On succeeding, I was hell-bent. My mission to love was clear to me. I loved hard and I loved free. I started to remember my universal me. She was sweet. She was smart. And she had a kind and gentle heart that came through in all she said and did. No longer from me was she hid. I brought her out into the light where all could see her in plain sight. She took her mission seriously and helped me remember my universal me so I could love unconditionally. Mm, very lovely. That's, that's I love nice love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what, that's not in my book, but that's going to go into my book. It's going to go in the next one. Yes, okay. Yeah. You know, I've spoken I I have spoken with so many authors who have who write through this divine inspiration and so their themes echo as as yours do with with messages that you know, we're loved more than we know. That uh. Immensely. The universe has it right. The universe that has it under control, and yeah. and it it is always with us. That we have a divine assignment here on Earth, and we're going to continue to work on the next plane. Um, they're all very powerful thoughts, and they're very supportive, and help us to get through some pretty dark times that we don't even begin to understand. So, thank you very much for sharing so many poems with us today, Donald. That that's awesome. Thank you. Um, let's so remind our yeah. Let's remind our listeners that we've been talking about your book, Universal Secrets: A Collection of Enlightened Poetry. And where can people find it? You can find it on Amazon.com or on AuthorHouse.com. And do you have a website or a a blog or anything like that? Unfortunately, I don't. Okay. Not yet. Okay. But you so can you. Can, order it's under donna l rich and it's r-i-t-c-h um and it's a purple book with a beautiful purple cover and like a brain on the front of it with stars looks like the universe actually um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you can find it in those couple of places right now oh great and you have any last words of wisdom you'd like to share with our audience oh gosh um just just love, just love hard and just love unconditionally and just love no matter what happens and what people do to you and how hurt you are because if you don't, it's only going to, um, it's only going to hurt you. And I've been hurt so many times in my life and, you know, I don't even care about that. It doesn't even matter. I just, I have so much love in my heart to give, to give people that I don't know what to do with it sometimes. So I give it to the children that I watch and I give it to my children and my family but um, just love, love unconditionally, and it will bring you so much joy that no matter what happens to you, it won't really, it won't even affect you. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So thank you very much, our listeners, for tuning in today. I, I hope you found words of encouragement in Donna's poems. And please help her get these messages of hope to others. 
You can do that by picking up a copy of her book or mention it to a friend. And thanks for helping us give authors a voice. So thanks for being with us, Donna Rich. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And I hope we'll do it again. Okay, once again, everyone, it's time to go. Bye for now, and have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverrunes.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, Sharing the Journeys of Those Affected by Sudden and Great Loss, and What They Did to Heal, Rebuild, and Where They Are Now.